golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with the best caddy on the planet, back from a little vacay, looking kind of tan, Rich B's in the house, Richard. Getting a, little, uh, getting a little golf in. Oh, yeah, plenty of golf. Do you work out all the bugs? Oh, geez. You were kind of yeah, growly. You were kind of oh, growly after the... Easy. Uh, Last uh, the, tournament. Yeah, the disappointment at the Florida Senior Open, which I did not qualify for at Keens Point. It was a big chop fest out there for me. 35 putts will not get it done there, darling. And uh, the eventual winner of the Florida Senior Open, 19, or 2014. Nice. Gary Coke. Gary Coke. Gary Coke. Come on, guy. Go Woo! back to work. You should be announcing some... Uh, yeah, some television or some golf event. Right? We love Gary Coe. He's the senior uh, Florida Senior yeah, Open champion. Lives over this year. in Tampa. NBC commentator. He's over there roughing up the uh, Ooh, you know, the a, old guy. Wow, How's Rich that? B. And for uh, some local news, one more time. Yeah, and the USGA is uh, hosting their premier event. The U.S. Amateur is going on as we speak. And you'll know this name, Sam Horshfield. We, I interviewed Sam when he was probably, let me see, uh, 10, you know, eight years old. Local kid from England, lives in the uh, Orlando area, made the uh, round of 64 at the U.S. Open. You can check this out at usga.org. Uh, uh, the playoffs are going on right now. They're into the round of 64. Sam Horschfeld got beat today 2-1. and one. Two down with one to go. So he actually did pretty good. 17 years old, Sam. Uh, he's our local representative via England. Well, uh, speaking of Sam, well got done. a new official sponsor here at the Golf Insiders, <laughs> Rich B. Sam Sneed's Tavern, one of our favorite watering holes, as you know, over in Maitland. Our official 19th hole. You got to love that. Me? That's like a driver in a wedge from here. I know it, and we know they have the best happy hours around, and, 3 to uh, 7, Monday through Friday. That's exciting. And Saturdays, 4 p.m. till closing. So, Sam's Needs, best food. They've got, you know, those signature oak-grilled entrees. They make the, we know they make good cocktails, don't they, Richie? And, uh, Holly, you'll be uh, begging at the bar at 7.03, I think. Uh, this evening. Yeah. Let's and invite so, a few uh, friends over. Yeah, come on. We'll throw yeah, a little, yeah, gonna... little impromptu golf insiders. Uh, after happy after hour. After happy hour, happy hour. <laughs> uh, so for lunch, dinner, banquets, catering, Sam Sneed's Tavern, West Maitland Avenue, next to the RDV Sportsplex. We welcome them as our official 19th hole. And uh, special hello to Pat Casey over there, the owner. Um, and 
hey, we're going to give away some gift certificates tonight because, you know, we love swag here at the Golf Insiders. And um, we're going to give away, at the beginning of the next break, uh, some certificates. You can go to the happy hour over at Sam Sneeds. You can have some fine dining or grab a quick lunch, whatever you want. And as you know, they've got great uh, memorabilia from Sam Sneed. Cool stuff, all old. Every Sam time Sneed's, I go uh, in there, I see something museum. different. Yeah. It is um, just, you know, it is, a, it is a cool, cool place. If you love golf... Um, you know, not only do you love hanging out at Sam Sneeze, and the food is excellent. They got great, great food. So, hey, PGA Championship. Rory, Rory. Oh my God, what a debacle! All right, I I know I got to let you rant. No, this is just you know, hey, you like the uh, way it went down. I don't really like the way it. Went I didn't down. say that. I'm just saying. Uh, you know, at 7.30 p.m., uh, as it starts to go, the sun, as it starts to go down, everything changes. You know, your blood sugar, you know, you're looking for dinner, uh, your, the temperature of your body starts to go down. And, you know, things uh, change. And, you know, um, you know, Phil, being the wily veteran, you could see the look on his face. He did not want to finish. He wanted to stop the event. And uh, the the rest of the crew wanted to finish the event. So, well, I, I think, think it was back on six. I think back on sixteen. Um, even the announcers pointed out, um, you know, Phil was chip. Phil was chipping up, even though um, Ricky was, I believe, on the putting green already. But they even mentioned to speed up play that Phil was going ahead. Um, and I, you know, it just occurred to me, wow. So they're already feeling like they're under the clock, so to speak. And yeah, I mean, Rich, that's got to change your whole. Well, Phil being the veteran, you know, he knows he doesn't have a whole lot of chances to win these things. He just came back. Well, he didn't come back, but he's been in the hunt all day, you know, and he doesn't want to rush, rush, rush. And, uh, you know, this is a major doing, (laughs) doing the, uh, the you know the limited uh, visibility uh you know i mean it's got to be awful difficult to try and finish you know the last few holes of a major in a hurry well we're going to go to our main man who happen. was there and get his uh, opinion cuz he wrote about it on espn.com and yesterday it, he did nothing to stop the event either bob you should have stepped right up bob herrick <laughs> from espn all right sort this hey, out guys. sort this out for us bob how did it go down you were there are you talking about the ending on yes, Sunday? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, well, um, well. Yeah, I mean, the, the, what what happened was first, uh, you know, Rory got to the tee with with Burned Wiesberger, and apparently asked if they could play the last hole as a foursome, and the rules officials denied that, as they should have. Uh, so then Ricky and Phil invited them to hit their tee shots as they walked down the side of the fairway, which is actually the sporting thing to do because if there was any chance that they were going to blow the horn and say it's too dark, which they could have done, if you get off the tee, you, you have the option of finishing as long as it's not a bad weather situation. So by letting them hit, that meant, okay, now it's completely up to them whether or not they're going to finish the hole. Where it went wrong was when Phil and Ricky got up near the green, and somebody, a PGA of America official, 
waved them up, allowed them, uh, Rory and Wiesberger, to hit their approach shots up. And that was wrong. That should be the, the, the player's call. It should be Phil and Ricky who invite them to do that. And if they don't invite them to do that, which apparently they had no intention of doing, they're perfectly within their right. And think about it this way. The competition's altered a little bit if, if Rory gets to hit that shot before those guys finish. If either one of them had pulled out for Eagle, maybe he plays that second shot differently. Maybe there's more pressure. Maybe it's harder for him to execute knowing that now he has to make a birdie to win and a par to tie. He didn't hit that second shot having to face that kind of pressure. He probably felt like those guys weren't going to hold those shots because they were off the green. And it, it changes the mindset. He got to watch from near that bunker how they how they hit their shots, how they reacted. And it's just, you know. Exactly. Say, uh, the other thing I'll say is if, if Rory had only a one-shot lead and they did that, we would be talking about this forever. <laughs> it would have been absolute travesty of a move because it, it just it doesn't allow the comp- – you know, Rory should have had to sit there and watch he should have had to have been a little bit nervous, just like Phil and Ricky were waiting when they waited. And, you know, you're off last. You're having to deal with the tougher elements. It's getting that much darker. Yeah, let's face it. He almost put it uh, in the hazard. He got lucky. He got lucky off the tee. Um, uh, and, uh, and, and was fortunate that ball didn't go in the water, um, which is another thing where you could have said Phil and – Ricky could have been in all of their rights to not even let him tee off until they were gone. Make them think about that yeah. tee shot. Yeah, that's exactly. the, that's the thing that. right there. And once they let him uh, proceed to uh, hit, you know, there was no stopping him. You could see the march he had going. He had a full steam going down that fairway. He wanted to play the last uh, shot with those guys. You know, a big party going down the fairway, but uh, they wanted none of it. I'm surprised, Bob, that they didn't stop that on hole 16 and just said, we'll come back tomorrow and have uh, four holes of very good golf, three holes, you know, finish it off tomorrow, and everybody will, uh, uh, you know, have to come back, unfortunately. That wasn't going to happen, they though? Didn't, they, didn't want it, they didn't want it to end on Monday because they know that, that that's not the, a great scenario. And also, they were very, very much aware that there was a lot of angst over why didn't you move up to tee times. I yeah. mean, yeah. it was scheduled for a 7 p.m. finish, that's the best-case scenario if there's no weather. Obviously, they want it to go into prime time if it can. Well, there was a pretty darn good chance that we were going to have some a weather delay, at least certainly more than 60-40. And sure enough, it happened, and it was a deluge. They were playing out there probably when they shouldn't have been playing. They were sent back out when they shouldn't have been all to try to get it in. They wanted to get that thing in. And, you know, it's just unfortunate. Um you know, we're, it, it, we're not talking about a tour event that needs to get over with. We're talking about a major, uh, one of the four biggest tournaments of the year. Exactly. These guys are rushing to get done. Uh, it and, was, and it wasn't um, pretty. It was, it was not shame. pretty. I mean, did it the PGA, you know, did they take any bit of a black eye on this? I mean, it seemed like everybody was trying to be so politically correct afterwards. I think they did. I mean, uh, you know, uh, most golf tournaments end at 6 p.m. Eastern time every week. There would have been nothing wrong for them to move the tee times up by one hour instead of instead of uh, 
8.30, move him to 7.30 with the idea that you would be done by 6, but knowing there is a good chance that there would be a weather delay. Now there's a weather delay, and you're not up against it so much. And as it turned out, you know, if you'd had the same exact scenario that I'm just running by you here, they, you know, they would have finished it like quarter to eight, still 45 minutes past the window. And if you had to have a playoff the next day, then everybody kind of understands. Um, and then, you know, the way they, they didn't take, they took no responsibility for the way the thing went down on 18. Um, in, the, in the news conference afterward, Kerry Haig basically said he's the, you know, the guy who runs the tournament for the PGA. Now, he wasn't out there making the ruling, but he was under the impression that Phil and Ricky let them hit up, and they they did not. I mean, Ricky talked very eloquently about it. He, took the, he was very classy about it. Phil didn't say anything. He wouldn't go there. I think he knew that in the end it probably worked out the way it would have, but it would have been a heck of a lot different deal had, the, had there only been a one-shot lead. Well, Valhalla, once again, did not disappoint in terms of drama, um, including, you know, the four players coming down the stretch, Mickelson, Stenson, and Fowler. It was, uh, you know, it was a great tournament. Uh, what, just your parting comments, Bob, we let you go here. Yeah, it was a great tournament. Um, you know, it's nice to see some scoring. Uh, I think it's a good mix the way the majors have worked out that way. Nothing wrong with a bunch of birdies. Uh, you know, I know some people wondered about a harder test. It sure made for an exciting final day to have all those guys in there, you know, to have the range of ages from, you know, 25, Rory and Ricky, to 44 with Phil, and Henrik Stenson's 38. And, uh, and Ernie. You know, it was just a, How about Ernie getting on that birdie run on Sunday? Exactly. Another one, Ernie, who's, who's the same age as Phil. I mean, it was a great... You know, a good, good mix of players, really, really a fun ending. And, you know, you would have been hard-pressed to pick a bad winner among any of them. Every one of them would have been a great story. All right, Bob, you sure got a little uh, FaceTime there on ESPN. I mean, I saw you plenty of times with a microphone. Yeah, it kind of shows their level of desperation, I suppose. Um, (laughs) Oh, this guy's so humble. It's ridiculous. Oh, my God. They'll just sing to any level. Put me on TV. It's pretty, um, pretty, pretty sad day. Yeah. All right, Bob. We appreciate it as always, and uh, we'll be talking to you next week. And um, who's your pick for the Wyndham, real quick? Uh, I actually went with Brant Snedeker. Yeah, I think Brant's so, uh, a Brant's a good pick. He's. I think he's hungry for the Ryder Cup pick, don't you? Yep. If he if he wins, I think he'll be a pick. All right, Bob Herrig. ESPN.com. As always, we appreciate you spending some time with the Golf Insiders. You're listening to 740 The Game. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's we're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with Rich B, Rory, Rory McElroy, holding up the Wanamaker Trophy on Sunday in the twilight. Hey, that's two uh, majors. Uh, and don't forget the Claret uh, Jug as well. I'm sure that... Uh... I think the Claret Jug like, can almost fit into the Wanamaker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, the president there did a little bobbling with the uh, presentation and... and Rory, with his quick hands, uh, saved it from, a, I think, the top from getting a good-sized dent. I don't know, Rich B. Hey, he, uh, he, he, it's a big trophy, first off. And, uh, yeah, that thing. Well, uh, and Rory's, got, Rory's got some guns, so. 
Um, yeah, these guys. Let's talk about that for a minute. How far are they going to be able to hit this ball before it's just uh, too long? I mean, they're they're crushing balls. Now, the poor average guy goes to the uh, practice tee on Monday and tries to hit his 7-iron 190 and is pulling. Oh, yeah, you got uh, that uh, club, don't you? <laughs> yeah, driver or 7-iron wedge. That's it. But, uh, you know, this, uh, these guys are finely tuned athletes, and their equipment is finely tuned. And, uh, you know, it's, it's entirely possible that uh, they are on the edge of hitting it. You know, I mean, just, you know, Rory is a very good example of everything going just as perfectly as can be. Well, we've got uh, things really heating up now for the FedEx Cup, and um, we're going to go to another one of our favorite golf insiders who uh, it's been kind of hard to track him down because he's just so darn busy, but we always know we can get his candid comments, and I can't wait to ask him a few questions. Alex Maselli from Golf Week on the line. Hey, Alex. How are you, Holly? I'm doing well. You're just so busy. You got you got your own radio show, and you're just doing so many things. I can't keep up with you. Well, I am standing far back now uh, on one of the tees on number ten or number one rather at Atlanta Athletic Club because we were in a playoff with Mason Smith and Lee McCoy. So listen to right you. Oh my God! And uh, hey, we well we appreciate you taking a couple of minutes. Um, I know you were in the press conference with Tom Watson on Monday as they were, uh, you, you guys were grilling him a little bit about um, his picks coming up here in a couple of weeks. Uh, what, was, what was your takeaway? I mean, you know, do you think he's going to pick Tiger? I mean, do I think he's delusional? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, precisely. <laughs> uh, I don't think he's delusional. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know, short of giving Tom Watson a couple million dollars, how he could actually pick Tiger Woods. And I don't think there's anything Tiger could say that would make Tom Watson think that he's ready to go. Um, Doug Ferguson from the AP is asked if he basically questioned his question is uh, truthfulness, and uh, Tom said no. But I mean, you know, there's just there's nothing that I could think of that Tom Watson could hear from Tiger Woods that would make him say, "Oh, well." In that case, well, absolutely, I must pick you. So I'm, I'm, I'm betting not, literally betting not that he's not going to pick Tiger Woods. But, you know, funnier things have happened. And I will say this, if he does pick Tiger Woods, he will create such a fervor that I think the, the focus will be, will be on Tom, and I think he'll catch a lot of flack. And then the focus will be on Tiger. Was Tom's pick worthwhile for picking Tiger? Well, we'll put a tremendous amount of pressure on Tiger, a guy that is not certainly the guy that we know from back in the day, and I just think it could be just a complete folly if that happens. Well, I, I mean, just the only thing, I, all I can think of is TV ratings. I mean, you know, I, obviously we're we're looking weak as a team right now. Uh, but, I mean, it just, you know, he said he had to be healthy, he had to be, you know, playing well, and he had, be, had to be putting some more rounds in, and uh, that certainly didn't happen, and he kind of, you know, backpedaled when that question got asked because he, you know, isn't playing in the Wyndham. Right, and he's not playing any FedEx Cup events. And the only thing he could do is he could go to Europe and play there. But I don't see Tiger adding events. I just don't – that's just not his M.O. I just think that at this point Tiger would not play for six weeks. And even if he was healthy, I don't think Watson wanted that situation either. So I just think that there's no way. But Hey, Alex, let me ask you this. Now, there's been times in the past where I've thought that Tiger necessarily didn't want to be on the team. I mean, he looked like he just couldn't care less if he had to – if he was going to play in the Ryder Cup. I, I, I'm just saying. 
Well, I, I think that, you know, you wouldn't be the only one to think that, but there seems to be indications from his camp and Tiger's statements as well that indicates that he really does want to be on the team. Now, you know, his, you know, he, he is not the same guy. So maybe he's actually finally saying, you know, look, I've kind of embraced this because now I'm going to be 39 at the end of this year, and I know that I don't have a lot of shots left in certain situations. But uh, even if he wants to be on the team, I don't care about wanting. I mean, I think he wanted to win Bridgestone. I think he wanted to win the PGA Championship. Right. Well, wanting doesn't make it so. All right, hey, uh, one more. Uh, i got a USGA uh, USO amateur question for you. They had 17 guys playing off for four spots yesterday or today? Uh, this morning, exactly, and that's the reason why we're out here so late right now because Nathan Smith, the former U.S. Mid-Am champion and numerous Walker, Cuppers, um, Walker Cups, is um, playing against one of the co-medalists right now, and uh, he was one of the guys that come through out of the 17 out of four. Wow, 17 players. What did they do, shoot them all off at once, or did they have a couple of groups go out? They go in foursomes. Ah, okay. Yeah, I've uh, I've seen uh, that kind of thing go down before, where seven players are going down the fir- one fairway, and they're playing for, like, three spots. But uh, well, you know, usually you have that. Usually they have that. Like, I've been to U.S. Open qualifiers where they might do that. Yeah. And I think it's an advantage to be able to play together. I don't think it's an advantage to be able to, to have to not play, you know, have to go out and do it separately. I just don't think it makes a lot of sense. That is exciting, though. Yes, absolutely. Well, absolutely. speaking of exciting, um, we were just speaking to Bob Herrig, and I'm wondering, Alex, your take on how things finished off in the in the twilight on Sunday down the 18th hole. Well, I mean, first of all, Holly, you, I don't think you could have seen or experienced a more uh, eventful, exciting final round of a major championship. Uh, it has been a long, long time since we've seen one of those. Agreed. But at, the, but at the same time, you can't just go make up, your, make up the rules as you go, which is what it sounded like the PGA of America officials that were there did at the end. Uh, I agree that they should let them tee off. That's not unnormal. Uh, that's not abnormal in any PGA Tour event to let them tee off so that if they sound the horn, though I doubt the horn was going to be sounded, but that's not the point. They're not thinking about that. They're just thinking about what they normally would do. But they wouldn't normally let them hit second shots in, and there's an argument both ways on that. Uh, I think that it was a little odd, uh, especially for a major, and I think that uh, in the end, if they had to redo it or rethink it, they might do it a different way. Well, it seemed like they, they realized, and certainly the announcers did, that um, you know they were starting to run out of daylight you know, around the 16th hole when, when Phil and, and Ricky were trying to get through that hole and things started to you know, get uh, rushed. But um, you know, it, it just seemed like maybe they had an opportunity to do it sooner, um, and uh, it, it did just se- seem um, uh, a, a little bit a little bit odd, being that it, it's a ma- the last major of the year. Yeah, and, and you know what else? Um, the thing about that is, is that if if there was a concern about light, the players always have the option of saying, "I can't see," and at that point, we're done. They can come back in the morning. So if that was the case, if they really wanted to, Rory could have said that. I understand that from a television standpoint and from the tournament standpoint, they want to finish on Sunday. But the bottom line is, is that you don't you don't go ahead and risk the integrity of an event just because you want to get it done. Completely agree. I think that's exactly what happened right there. Is it got a little uh, ugly uh, towards the end, and uh, and a lot of writing and a lot of lip service went into uh, like what this happened here. Did that really just happen? Alex, uh, hey, thanks, man. That's that's cool that we got you at the U.S. Amateur, uh, and and our local guy Sam Horsfield already lost today. Uh, young kid from Orlando lost two and one. Well, uh, I can confirm to you now that Nathan Smith just won in nineteen holes 
over McCoy. So both co-medalists are out after the first day of uh, stroke play, or match play. Awesome. How's that? We're right up to date now. Love it. <laughs> right from the golf course. Alex Maselli from Golf Week. We appreciate your time so much. And uh, plug your show there, buddy. All right. No, no, I don't do that. But, hey, thanks for giving me a chance to be on, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. We love you. You're listening Thank to you. the Golf Insider, 740 The Game. Stay with us. We've got much more coming up. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play a pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni, I think it's nice. It'd be good to just make part. We're back for Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G., Along with Rich B and uh, Rich B, we announced at the top of the hour that we've got a new sponsor, our official 19th hole, Sam Sneed's Tavern in Maitland. And hey, I forgot to give away the certificate at the first break. <laughs> you are so blonde. Yes, you uh, are. Thank you so much. <laughs> so guess what? Listeners out there, hey, we're just going to give two away right now. Callers, two and three. Ready? 407-916-8255. 407-916-8255. Caller two and three. A fantastic gift certificate to Sam Sneeds. Holly, and, um, the queen of swag, giving stuff away. Hey, nice. we give away good swag, well don't done, we? Well Holly. Very That's well That's why you got to listen to our show, because, you know, we like our, we love our listeners, and we like to give them good stuff. Not, uh, you know, not, not like teas and golf towels. Good swag. Good swag. <laughs> hey, Rich B., so the uh, oh, fourth LPGA major coming up this week in my hometown, Rochester, hey, New York. You know I love plugging my hometown. Is Michelle Wee going to be there? No, she she's out for six weeks she, with, uh, with the thumb situation. What and does she do? I don't know. We're going to find out in a minute because we're going to go to uh, the woman who covers the LPGA tour better than anybody from Golf Week. Oh. She's not on yet. Okay, we're we're uh, we we don't have her on the line yet. But we're gonna go to Beth Ann uh, Baldry really quickly here to check in on on the women. Stacy Lewis um, in the field and Paula Kramer and uh, NB Park, the defending champion from 2013. So, uh, you know, Wegman's had a long-standing tournament up there for about 30 years, and it was uh, the Rochester um, International. And then when uh, McDonald stepped out of the LPGA championship a couple years ago, Wegman stepped in. So, um, you know, they have been a longtime supporter of women's golf. And uh, we will go up there shortly to check in and see what's going on. Now, this is where? Rochester, New York. And who is from there? Anybody? Yeah. Anybody? <laughs> Should we talk about Jenny Cremail and <laughs> Zweigel's White Hots and Nick Tahoe's Garbage Plate? If there are any Rochesterians out there listening, wow. you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, so we got the Wyndham coming up as well, Rich B. And, you know, this is... this is uh, Hey, Patrick Reed defending. This is clutch time for a lot of guys trying to not only get into the FedEx playoffs. There are a few guys that are on the bubble but a lot of jockeying going on for uh, the Ryder Cup. And 
you know, it's kind of interesting. Some guys that are, you know, hanging on the outside. We know um, Keegan Bradley wants badly to get on the team. And um, Brant Snedeker right now sitting um, outside at about 21 in points, but had a tie for 13 at um, the PGA Championship. Um and uh, 67 on Sunday, 66 on Saturday. So, you know, I think Tom Watson's got to be looking at, at Brant pretty, uh, pretty seriously, don't you think? You know, uh, for our listeners, if you don't know, the, uh, he, you know, there are, you know, as far as the money list goes, there's the top 10 Americans will be on the team, correct? Yes. And then he gets two picks. Two wild card players that uh, the captain Tom Watson can pick out of uh, whoever, and uh, Tiger Woods is being pushed around as one of the picks, and um, and as uh, Holly just referred to, Brent Snedeker would be a good pick, you know. But this is where it gets really difficult, you know. I mean, who's in form? Who's on form? I guess, and uh, uh, you know, and I want well, somebody I'll tell you two that's guys good at that, match play. I'll tell you two guys that have that have been playing well are. Uh, Ryan Palmer and Ryan Moore, and they are both um, sitting outside that next 10 of possible um, picks for Tom. And let's not forget Steve Stricker, who is the vice captain. (laughs) But Stricker, we got to love him, you know, semi-retired now, but uh, finished tied for seventh in the PGA Championship. Um, So, you know, Hunter Mahan having another uh, having a, having a good run, sixty five, sixty seven Saturday and Sunday, and um, I, I'll tell you a guy who again is playing well. I mean, it, you know, if we look at the team, obviously we've had some um, you know uh, setbacks with with uh, Dustin Johnson being out. And whoa, now, oh, he just went way out. He was way out of bounds, old Dustin. And uh, Jason Duffner now with some um, a herniated discs in his neck. I don't know. That's not sounding good. Uh, you know, and he, I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned about his commitment to the PGA or, you know, the tour PGA tour, because he said he's, you know, Hey, he could be done in another five years. He just wants to make a bunch of money and peel out. You know, I don't know, uh, how how that's going to work out in his, you know, long career, dude, you know, people want to play long and, you know, long, long, a lifetime, you know, but, uh, if he just doesn't have it, he don't want to play. Hey, let him go. He's uh, he's he's fine. He can be dismissed. All right. Well, we're going to go right now to the woman who covers the LPGA better than anybody up there, Beth Ann from Golf Week. Hey. Hi, how are you? Hi. What's going on up in my hometown there, Beth Ann? I'm pleased to see the sun. It was a torrential downpour here a little bit ago, so I'm hoping it's uh, sun for the rest of the week. <laughs> so give us an update on um, on uh, Michelle Wee. What's going on? It's a thumb injury, correct? Uh, it's, it's a hand injury that hopefully will uh, will be will be good to go here by the Evian. That's that's her goal uh, to be well enough. She, she basically uh, can't can't do anything for her right hand, so. Um, you know, she's just just think chilling out, can't practice or hit balls or anything, probably for at least three weeks, and and uh, and hopes to be back in time for Evian, which you know it's a bummer, but I think it's a tremendous step forward that she recognized that she needs to take a break. Well, uh, I was mentioning uh, while we were waiting you to for you to uh, get on the phone here that. Uh, 
the the LPGA has been coming to Rochester for uh, gosh thirty years. Um, I, I remember uh, you know when I was in high school going out to the tournament and uh, just such a huge golf community up there, of course, with Oak Hill um, and just you know huge supporters of the LPGA. It's coming to an end this year. I'm uh, a little bit sad about that as the as the championship is moving to um, I believe New Rochelle, correct? Uh, it'll be in Rye, in Rye, yeah, at, at Westchester. Oh, Rye, Rye that's right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, 38 years the LPGA has been coming to Rochester, and, and you know, it's it's really interesting this week. They're at a new venue, Monroe, Monroe Golf Club, which players are just absolutely raving about it as one of the best courses they've seen all year. Uh, Stacey Lewis said only Spinehurst number two has been a better track so far. PJ schedule, um, Kari Webb, same thing. You know, so, so there's there's this you know, energy about the event and that they're playing this phenomenal them and and yet they're leaving. So I, I think you know that the players have this overwhelming sense that you know that that Mike Wan's going to pull a rabbit out of the hat and and maybe not with Wegmans but with another title sponsor at some point in the near future bring the LPGA back to this community for for a regular season event i mean i think that would be fantastic so you know there's there it's certainly a, a, a sad week in terms of uh, you know the lpga ending at least for now it's it's love affair with rochester that it's, it's had for almost 40 years yeah so um who should we be keeping our eye on uh this this week it's been a, a banner year for Mike Wan and um, of course uh, many U.S. players. Um, just a you know terrific series of of wins here. Um, who who do you think um, who, who who do you see being on top on Sunday? Well, I think when you have like this, that um, you know is is tough and test and test all parts of the game. You're you're looking at the best players on tour. You know it's actually set up. It's a it's a major championship venue, which means you know, more than likely, you're going to see one of the top-ranked players come out on top. It's definitely uh, a second-shot type golf course. So, you know, look for your best ball strikers on tour uh, to, to be up there. So, you know, you've got to look at a Stacey Lewis. You've got to look at, at a, a, a Kari Webb, even Paula Creamer, a tremendous iron player uh, who, who has a very special place in her heart for Rochester, um, could have a really good week this week. And um, it's another Donald Ross uh, design, correct, Monroe? I remember. Correct, absolutely. So, so it's so probably think, quite uh, tight, I would imagine. Well, you know, actually, it's it's not nearly as tight as as Locust. So uh, the players actually feel like they have a little more room to breathe here than they did at at, at Locust Hills, which is of course the long long time venue for for the Wegmans. So, um, so they they come in with a little bit different mentality. The rough, the roughest. But it's a little bit more generous, uh, you know. But but the green complexes are, are difficult, and and like I said, some really tough par three. So I I think um, I think Stacy looks looking good. She certainly enjoyed the Donald Ross uh, uh, display at at the U.S. Open. <laughs> All right. Well, Beth, we know uh, it's a busy uh, busy night for you. You got a lot going on there, and uh, we appreciate you calling in for a few minutes and spending some time with us live from the. LPGA Championship in Rochester, New York. Beth Ann Nichols, check her out, golfweek.com. Thanks, Beth, so much.
Thank you. You're listening to the Golf Insider, 740 The Game. We've got Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel coming up next, and we'll be giving away another Sam Sneed's gift certificate. Stay with us. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so we're back. The Golf Insiders wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk in the house. Holly G along with Rich B. And um, here you go. Anybody hungry out there? Anybody maybe Happy wanting hour. an adult beverage because you've been stuck in I-4 traffic? I-4. Here's the number to win a Sam Sneeds gift certificate. And you can pull off right now. Pull Maitland. into Maitland. <laughs> Come have a cocktail with Rich B and I as soon as we get off the the. the the waves here. 407-916-8255. 407-916-8255. Caller number five. Going to get themselves a nice gift certificate from Sam Sneeds. Um, so, Rich B., gosh, we're just having a fun night tonight, aren't we? You know, and there's uh, there's always the good sport in you, Holly. It's always nice to see you uh, giving a little something away every now and then, even if it means... You're giving food away that you could be eating. <laughs> ooh, ooh. That's a shot right there. All right, you Rich know, B. Hey, you know, one thing. love a freebie? You know, we, we were talking last week. The one thing about the PGA Championship is that it there are always some guys that bubble to the top that you've never heard of. So, Bernd Weisberger? 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 How do you pronounce this guy's name? Bernd? Uh, you know, this like is. Like Bernhardt, but he like, you know. Like took out half the middle. This is what's happening now. You got uh, and then Miko. Uh, just a trailer. Yelonen. Uh, a train. Yelonen? Train load of of good Yelonen. golfers from Europe that I, are just going to pound the USA. I you know I don't see uh, this going over very well for the USA team. It's looking awful stacked. Uh, top four in the world rankings. Four out of five are on yeah. the UK team. Right. Yeah. You know, Henrik. Rory. Uh, I'm sure not looking good. Not looking good. No, but we know who is always looking good, and we're going to him right now. Oh, Todd speak, Lewis. Speaking of looking good, yeah. Todd Lewis from the Golf <laughs> Channel. Hey, Todd. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, doing great. Uh, where in the world is Todd? Uh, I'm in Greensboro, North Carolina. All right. For the Wyndham. For the Wyndham Championship. Home uh, game for me. I grew up 20 miles from Sedgefield. I know you did. So home that's team. A little home cooking for Todd. Nice. Yeah, we're going to have some fried okra, oh. we're going to have some barbecue, we're going to have some hush puppies, so yeah, it's... Uh, hey, we're all about food tonight. I was talking about uh, Jenny Cremale and the White Hots up at uh, the LPGA Championship in Rochester, my hometown this week, and uh, yeah, yeah. we're giving away gift certificates to Sam Sneed's Tavern. I mean, you know, it's all about food tonight. Nice. Very nice. So... Um, all right, we want to spend a little time talking about the Wyndham, but uh, just, um, hey, you had the chance to sit down with Rory one-on-one after uh, the Open Championship, and, you know, he backs it up at uh, the PGA. Just, uh, it's it's great times for golf, Todd, I think. Well, it was great drama Sunday afternoon on the back nine, considering you had the three most popular players in the world battling it out that are not named Tiger Woods. Um, so I thought that was great. Um, I mean, 
Phil Mickelson, he's in the World Golf Hall of Fame. His credentials from what he's done in the past are tremendous. You have a guy who looks like to be, well, he's got a Hall of Fame resume already, and that is Rory McIlroy with three major championships. Um, and what he has done, done worldwide, so he is great presently. And Ricky Fowler, I, I think, considering top fives in every major championship this year, I, I think he's a great player for the future. Um, they all bring flair. They have charisma. Um, and, and you know what else I like about them? They passionately care about the fans, the game, and, and I, I really do enjoy that aspect of them. So I, I thought it was great. I thought it was really cool. Um, I did too, and you know it. Yeah. It, 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 you know, <laughs> there was a lot of drama. It kind of, you know, it, it. First, it looked like it looked like Ricky was really in control. You know, he he just came out, um, you know, making some birdies. Uh, that there was that you know three shot differential on ten before uh, Rory hit that shot uh, out of that that three wood onto the green and and made eagle. Then it looked yeah. like you know Phil was getting on one of his rolls uh, on the on the back nine. Hendrick Stenson, you know, he had a couple of surprising, you know, kind of blips there, including missing that short putt. But, uh, you know, there was it's what you want to see on Sunday. You know, you're on the edge of your chair and it's going back and forth and uh, just a great, great finishing round. Absolutely. And I I was most impressed by Rory uh, coming back after losing the lead. I mean, it seemed like he got angry that, you know, hey, these guys are trying to take my championship away. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, another great example of him being mature for his age. Um, so this is the fourth major that he has won, all of them with a 54-hole lead. So the pressure of heading into Sunday with a lead, and granted, some of them are big. Uh, the one at the U.S. Open was pretty significant. Um, his victory at the Open Championship, he had a six-shot lead. Um, but still, you know, you got to put yourself in those position and positions, and then you got to handle everybody – coming at you so he's done it done it very well and you're right he's elevated himself he's elevated the game and and golf is a little better for it absolutely and i i think he must be coming out with some you know even bigger confidence i i think i even heard him say that you know for him for him to be able to gather himself and uh be able to then come from behind was you know a, a whole new you know level for him Absolutely. Now, you, now that all the majors are over, we'll see how he tackles the FedEx Cup playoffs, and then he's going to go to Europe for the race to Dubai. I, I'm interested. I'm interested to see if there is a, a bit of a hangover uh, with no major championship in front of him until the Masters next year. We're talking to Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel, and um, let's look at let's turn to the Wyndham here. We've got you know a bunch of guys now who are wanting to get into the FedEx Cup playoffs, and then of course guys vying to get that captain's pick for the Ryder Cup. A lot on the line here. Yeah, exactly right. It's interesting. Last year, no player outside the top 125 played themselves into the top 125, earning a spot in the first playoff event for the Barclays. But, you know, you got a lot of interesting scenarios of uh, players, some fairly big-name players. For instance, Patrick Harrington, he's a win to make the playoffs. Um, but I, I am interested over the next few weeks in this Ryder Cup captain's pick um, moving and shaking that will be going on because – I don't know what Tom Watson is going to do. Uh, I mean, when I when Tiger Woods left Valhalla 
on Friday. I said he's done. He's not going to play anymore. He's you know PG Tour season's over. We're not going to see him tee it up competitively again uh, before Tom Watson makes his pick on September the second or his picks. Um, but yesterday or Monday rather, Tom Watson at a press conference was kind of intimating, and I don't know if he was trying to throw some curveballs or not, but he surely did say, you know, Tiger said pick. He, he wants Tom to pick me. Um, you know, he said. Again, yeah, I think healthy. he was leaving himself room, Todd. I do. Well, but you know what does he do? I mean, here's my thing. What, I, he says he said it now for two months. If Tiger is healthy and he's playing well, I'll pick him. Well, how is he going to judge if he's playing well if he's not playing? I mean, is he going to go down to South Florida and medalist and watch him play around with Ahmad Rashad? I mean, that's not <laughs> going to that's not going to impress me. You need to be in competitive fire, um, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I don't know. I. I think really this kind of, by Phil automatically qualifying for the team, this has somewhat painted Tom Watson into a corner because I think Phil was going to get the pick, and I think Keegan Bradley is going to get the pick, and, you know, he's probably going to take somebody else, and it probably wasn't going to be Tiger. You could say, you know, well, we got Phil, we got a popular player that's going to bring some eyeball to the Ryder Cup, so they're my picks. Now, with Phil automatically qualifying, you know, you look at that roster of players out there, Jason Duffner is, the last guy out, he's 10th in the standings. He's hurt, too. He's got a herniated disc or discs in his neck. So how do you so, – so my question is, how do you value picking Tiger, who's been hurt all year, who's like 70th in the standings, and not take Jason Duffner, who's equally as hurt, who's 10th in the standings? So I, I don't know. This is going to be It's going to be – it's going to be interesting, Todd, no doubt yeah. about it. We got to go, buddy. Thank you so much. We're running tight. We appreciate it. And uh, as always, to all our listeners, stay tuned to the Golf Insiders. Watch some great golf at the Wyndham this week. We're out of here. We'll be back next week.